you know, it won't last. <laughs> you look at it, it's been on the market yeah. 180 They're days. very optimistic, you know. <laughs> it's funny, on the description, it's, it's like you read it, they're, they're doing you a favor by even taking the time to write a description. So question, uh, Ashton, you mentioned, are you able to search on MLS for keywords in the description? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on the, on the MLS, you, you can that. go, there you go, man. Holy cow, I, I brought some value to your real estate business today, and it didn't even know it was going to happen. You are now listening to the Real Estate Everyone's Podcast. You see this guy here staring back at you? That's your toughest opponent. Every time you get into the ring, that's who you're going against. I believe that in boxing, and I do believe that in life. Your weekly deep dive into DFW real estate, life, and beyond. With your hosts, Tavis Westbrook and Ashton Hines. Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Heavyweights Podcast. I'm Ashton Hines, half of the Real Estate Heavyweights. I'm sort of the newbie-ish guy of the group. I've been uh, at this for a little over three years. I've had my real estate license. I just completed my fourth flip. I have one long-term rental over in Sweetwater, Texas. And uh, I'm just learning this game. I, I'm trying to put my uh, jump in with both feet, trying to figure out as I'm, I'm running. And one of the guys that has helped me out a ton, and who also happens to be the guy I bought the long-term rental from and bought my last flip from, is one Tavis Westbrook. What's going on, Tavis? What's up? Good morning. We are uh, we're having a good week, man. That's a good, good start to the new year, for sure. Yes, good week. It's, it's super cold. And it is by, cold. By the uh, terms of Dallas, that means around 12 degrees. And <laughs> there is a lot of freezing of pipes going on. My neighbor was frantically trying to keep their pool from freezing over the other day. And, and I looked over at my other neighbor thinking, oh, maybe, because I knew they were out of town. I'm like, maybe I'm, I need to help them out. It was like, looked like a oasis over there. I mean, they had some sort of system going where their pool was A-OK. So it's interesting how different, you know, pool companies do their thing and how different plumbers plumb walls and stuff. And some people are having frozen pipes and, and issues with that. So um, I hope none of your rentals have had any issues with the, the plumbing. Have you run by all of them? Make sure water's not spurting out of the garage anywhere. Yeah, everyone seems to be good. I've talked to all the tenants and everybody. I, I, the midterm rental that's uh, just down the street from me here uh, is vacant. And so I actually went over there day before yesterday and double check it. And mind you, everything was new, all new plumbing, all new, you know, PEX was ran through the house and it's all insulated. Uh, but the kitchen kitchen sink line was frozen I, I couldn't get any water out of it so oh really it's on an outside wall yeah so I, I just opened it up a little bit so it can breathe once it thaws out yeah and then the master shower is an on uh, on an outside wall as well and i was able to at least just you know set it up where it could drip a little bit so other than that all good yeah So Tavis and I were just talking. He is still has a house on the market, unfortunately. Uh, he's gone through two contracts over at his Irving house and it is becoming a little bit of a beast to sell. And uh, he, so he's experiencing this market um, firsthand right now, trying to sell a house that's in, well, just got out of probate. It's a family member's house, so he has an attachment to it. 
but it's got some issues. It's not your straightforward house. So we always, uh, you know, we definitely try to keep an eye on the market all the time, but especially when you got a listing out there, you want to know what's going on. So we were just talking about supply. The number of houses on the market is significantly down from last month. And it actually dropped about half of a month. We're about two and a half months of supply. In some areas, two months of supply, which is extremely low. What did you tell me at one point, Tavis? A healthy market, a balanced market is about six months. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Stable or... Um trying to think of the word now and i <laughs> i think balanced <laughs> is is about right you know i think that's i mean yeah. a balanced market otherwise you're in a buyer's a buyer's market or a seller's market so yeah i mean and so the fact that we're around two is is not balanced yeah yeah we're still in a seller's market uh believe it or not so you know lower inventory again it goes back i mean you know beating a dead horse talking about pricing you know, and we, we talked about the Irving one a little bit. Uh, you know, part of the issue with that was uh, the the numbers started getting low enough to where they were competing with the investor numbers. And obviously, investment real estate is my specialty. So it makes a lot more sense to go the investment route once the numbers got down to a certain point with the ability to waive all the contingencies and waive all the fees, right? Um, so that was the big part of it was just, you know, talking to the estate it was like, all right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's definitely frustrating. Part of it is just, you know, kind of knowing where you are and trying to have those honest conversations. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, conversations with investors lately. I'm trying to pick up some investor clients that I can help find houses and sort of act as their, their ongoing realtor and, and having a lot of those conversations with people. And I'm looking on the MLS more from that investor I and finding expireds and finding just odd listings, you know, looking for terms like, so, you know, as is or something they mention an investor in their uh, their description or they uh, might say something about a repair. So, you know, there's different phrases you can look at to find those. And, and a lot of the you look at these expireds and you start doing a little research. And well, the reason is expired is that they were really unreasonable about what they wanted for the house in the beginning. And it's always so funny because you'll see something that in the description, it's been on the market 170 days and it says motivated seller, you know, and they've <laughs> dropped it, you know, $2,000 or something in a few months. I'm like, you're not that motivated to be honest yeah. with you. If you're expired and you dropped it $2,000. So, you know, I think a lot of that is just, you know, I think some realtors are afraid to offend a, a, a seller and they're going to scare them off and they really need this sale. And so they just kind of want to take a listing, but it's just better off if, if everyone can just sit down as adults early on, do your research and say, look, this is what I think this is going to sell for. And if that sounds good to you, then I think this is a good fit. And if not, then maybe you need to move on because if you're, you know, swimming upstream trying to sell a house, that's just, you know, for whatever reason, priced wrong or positioned wrong. It's just going to be really hard yeah. on everybody. And it's funny how many you see those on, on the MLS. Well, you have, I, I, you know, there's a couple things to say about that. One, one is, um, you know, you, you get the seller sometimes that doesn't, it isn't really that motivated to sell their house, right? They have a conversation in the beginning and they're, you know, it's, it's the million dollar, you know, answer, you know, I don't have to sell. You know, we don't have to sell. We don't, you know, we're not in a rush to sell. If it takes a couple months, that's okay. 
you know, but what they don't understand, the longer you sit on the market, the more stagnant you look, the more somebody looks at it and says, what's wrong with it? And so then your price reductions are, are much greater. Um, and you know, that, that's one thing people just don't understand. You know, they, they kind of take that approach. Like it's, you know, it's not a big deal. We can take our time. You know, I, I, I want to get this price. Uh, but you know, it goes back to just having those general conversations of why the seller wants to sell and trying to really, uh, um, qualify that seller to make sure that it's a fit, you know, for you as the agent and them as the seller <laughs> and just make sure that the synergies there and that you can meet the needs of the seller because the things that happen is you kind of go down that, that path sometimes of hope, a hope of land and, and pricing it at a certain price to see what you get. And then when it's time to start doing price reductions, the seller doesn't want to cooperate. You know, and and that's where you're seeing these properties sit on the market as long as they have, um, and you know you see those 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 uh, uh you know descriptions in there. You know, this one sells quick or better come now or you know it won't last. And <laughs> you look at it and it's been on the market yeah. 180 They're days. Very optimistic, <laughs> you know. It's funny on the description. It's it's like you read it. They're they're doing you a favor by even taking the time to write a description. Yeah, you know, get offers in, do it this way. Only email this. Don't call me after. And then it's there for six months. You're like, I kind of get it too. You know, from a from a uh, agent perspective, they've positioned them as you know, you better act fast or else. And then you see this, and you're reading it on the back end. You're like, this just doesn't make sense. You yeah. can, like we've said it before, you can go in and edit those comments, and you probably should because. If you're coming out early and oh, this is going to last and here's how we want you to present an offer and they're acting like there's going to be 19 offers and you're, you got to really help them out to filter them out. And then it's there. Like it just looks ridiculous. So, yeah. and it's just funny how you see, uh, you know, that on those MLS listings and, um, you know, the other one and we, you know, we don't have to dwell on this, but the number of listings out there that still have ridiculously poor photos is astonishing you know these the average house around here is selling for four hundred forty thousand dollars and here you have an agent who stands to make net ten eleven thousand dollars on that sale and they're literally walking around with their iphone poor angles they're not doing any editing it's just kind of crazy but you know it's i think that will be the case until the end of time because it's just there's so many resources out there it's so reasonable it's ridiculous so i talked to an agent um, a couple of days ago, she called me and said, Hey, you know, I got your name from so-and-so. Um, it was in an area a, a little bit outside of DFW. So, um, I wasn't, you know, super, uh, interested because of the location, but I was like, you know, I'll, I'll do you a solid. I'll look at it. I'll see what the deal is. Well, she was on market and it hadn't sold yet. And, you know, she's like, you know, hey, it, it you know it needs a little TLC. It's not bad, but you know they'd entertain an offer, yada yada. You know, will you look at it and see if it's there? Right? She's calling me from, you know, the fact that I'm an investor and I can write it and I can close. You know, um, not really taking consideration where the numbers need to be, but she just in general, you know, excited to get a deal sold. And after I talked to her and kind of looked at it, I was like, okay, maybe she's not been in the business that long. I never did look at her license number but one of the biggest things is i pull it up and 
you know, it was a nice house, but it it was like it wasn't the front elevation as the primary photo. It was like the kitchen or or something and the angles just weren't very good. And I'm like looking at this these mm-hmm. photos and I'm like, these are done with her iPhone. Like these are not professional photos. Mm-hmm. And I look at the two properties that sold and I'm like, these are professional photos. These the, those, these houses mm-hmm. have been updated, you know. So not only did the house need a little bit of TLC, and you know, the carpet you could see it had wrinkles in it. It definitely needed new carpet. It definitely needs some paint updates, you know, things like that. It was built in like 2005. It looked like it was. It could be a really nice home. Uh, the furniture didn't do it a lot of justice. The the homeowner's furniture, you know, and so uh, my suggestion was to her. Hey, you know, work with the price a little bit. I don't think you're far off, but drop it by about $25,000. But it would make sense to get professional photos. You know, I, I really think, and it is, is you know, as candid as I could be <laughs> to tell her to get photos done. And then I said, hey, look at these two listings that sold and compare your pictures is how I kind of presented it. Like, you know, compare the photos, mm-hmm. you know, yours are not professional photos. And, you know, of course, she's like, you know, I'll talk to the seller, see what they want to do. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you what to do. Like, this is this is a major issue. This is pay the money. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, and this is, you know, it was a, you know, six hundred thousand dollar house. I'm like this. Yeah, this is not acceptable. And I could even see her in the picture, one of the pictures in a bathroom, you know, (laughs) with her phone taking a picture. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the mirror so question uh ashton you mentioned are you able to search on mls for keywords in the description oh yeah 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 on the uh, on the mls you, you can that. go there you go man holy cow <laughs> i i brought some value to your real estate business today and it didn't even know it was going to happen i mean it makes sense that they would do that i just i just never tried it so they, so explain that again so you're in mls and when you're searching, so in the property description, you can put anything in there. And what you want to do, though, so you don't accidentally misspell something, you put the little star, and then wow. you put your word, okay. and you put the other star. And that means if that if that word is anywhere in the description, so like you might say invest instead, of, and that'll that'll include investor, investors, anything like that. So if you just put invest, or you can do as is, okay. or you can do you know, um, estate or probate, you can, you can look up all those words and just run separate searches. And then somewhere in the description, it says probate, it says as is, and it's, and then you start filtering out like, okay, there's a reason why this is the case. And so you can kind of find those (laughs) properties there and set up your own search. And yeah, there you go. I think I just made you a lot of money because I think you're going to, I think you're going to sit there on the MLS today and just find Property after property that are, are just game changers. Good deal. Well, why don't we get into a little bit of news? So, Travis, and ladies I were just and gentlemen, talking. can he I please have your still attention? Still has a house From on the market, Texas, unfortunately. Flash, uh, he's got through two contracts over at his Irving House. And his, this is a massive story. Who wouldn't publish it? So, Man, so I've got certain information, market, all right? Certain uh, things have come to light. Right and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So, the news is a little slow right now in the real estate industry. We did look up, uh, there is a, you know, the people from Zillow, they've done some of their 2024 predictions and 
the behemoth Zillow feel what you you do about them. They do provide a lot of information. Uh, they are competition to realtors and that sort of thing. And I don't love their their business model there, but they do provide a lot of good information and have statistics. And their econo economists are predicting a, a very flat 2024 as far as pricing goes. And so I think basically what they said was they expect a balanced increase in demand and increase in supply with the rates dropping a little bit. And so, you know, some people think that the demand will outpace supply. If the rates drop fast enough, a lot of people are going to try to flood the market, you know, coming out of the rental market, trying to find houses. But that remains to be seen. Um, but Zillow themselves uh, are predicting a flat 2024, which is, is, is interesting. You know, it's not going to be uh, a huge roller coaster swing uh, one way or the other, it looks like. So the other news as far as it goes with realtors, um, there's no huge uh, movement on the NAR lawsuits we've touched on a few times. That being said, the CEO or the head of the National Association of Realtors has resigned recently. We were actually near their offices in Chicago. I think they must be based there. There's a huge office there, beautiful office that says National Association of Realtors. And um, that building is minus one person because the CEO has decided to leave. All that to be said is the stability of the, the profession of, you know, the, the realtor and what it looks like, the commission structure and our code of ethics and who's governing this and who's lobbying for realtors. It's definitely changing now and into 2024. At the end of this year, I'm confident that what a realtor means and looks like will be different than it looks like today. How significant that is, who knows? But there's just enough lawsuits, there's just enough change in the environment and the CEO is resigning and there's certain brokerages who are pulling away from the NAR and not requiring membership anymore. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely, um, you know, all the lawsuits have made us think and it's going to change some things. We don't know yet uh, what that looks like. You know, we've talked about it before on previous podcasts on kind of projections and ideas of what may happen. Uh, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I mean, in the meantime, you know, I don't think anything's going to drastically shut anything down. It's just going to, you know, everyone's going to adapt and shift a little bit and change. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And in the meantime, you know, just working hard, trying to differentiate yourself as a, an agent, trying to work hard for your clients, you know, I think is going to help those people that are professionals and are serious about the business rise to the top and write out, you know, any sort of any sort of changes, you know, yep. and uh, if you just have a steady business of listings and, and buyers coming your way, you can figure out how to structure things um, starting from scratch and <laughs> trying to figure it out might become a little bit more difficult. Who knows? But honestly, that's probably some room there to call out some of those agents like we we're talking about who just, you know, might not take it as seriously as they need to. And, and they have people's largest investment, typically their largest investment of their life is this house, this three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollar house that's theirs. And you're putting it in the hands of someone who may or may not care, you know, enough to do research or you know, put a little bit of money into marketing. So it's, it is interesting to like, and maybe it will filter some of those people. Out. Today, we are uh, going to get into our real estate topic that we typically on Fridays, we try to take a little bit of a lighter look into part of the real estate industry. And so today we are looking at a report from Home Depot. 
obviously has a vested interest in remodeling and that sort of thing. So they made a list of the top 10 things that you can do to increase your home's value in 2024. And the interesting thing about this is when I was reading it is that it really does apply to homeowners that are just thinking about sprucing up their house. Maybe they're taking out a home equity line of credit, want to put a little bit of money in. Sometimes it applies to realtors and they're giving advice to their clients. They're wanting to put something on the market. They're like, hey, should we should we paint this room? Should we change this carpet? And so some of these things could be some insight into maybe where money would be well spent. And then of course, us on the flipping side, you know, we don't always just go in and just rip all the sheetrock out and tear all the plumbing out and electrical and start from scratch. A lot of times these are selective things where you're, you're sort of snipering. Okay. We're going to take this out and this out and change this. And we're going to do, try to, to sort of do the very minimal we can to make this house look as best as it can to sort of maximize profits. And so, um, what do you think about this, Tavis? Their number one thing that they say you can address is your bathroom. Why don't you talk about a couple of things? If someone was going to just put a little bit of money into a bathroom that they're going to sell or maybe flip, what are some of the, the main things that you address first? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the order of this list, right? And I don't know if, you know, it's just the way that laid this out. <laughs> yeah. The one of 10 uh, bathroom being number one yeah. on there because then they have, uh, you know, kind of your... Uh, necessity items you know that need to be in good working order like hvac and water heaters and things like that right so uh, normally it's going to work backwards from there you, you know uh, i think whether it's a flip or whether it's a buy and hold or a midterm i think any property you buy you're going to kind of focus on the things that need repair right first you know, if it's if you got a bad AC, you're going to fix the AC. If you got a bad water heater, you're going to fix the water heater. You got a bad roof, you're going to fix the roof. So I, I think, you know, you're always going to kind of work with the things that are in disrepair or, you know, have had deferred maintenance to them first before you get into any of the cosmetic updates. You know, but bathroom wise, you know, and, and I'm doing a house now. Uh, I think, the, you know, two major bathrooms, one, obviously, the master bath is important. Uh, because the, and I say master, you know, people talk about it being the primary, but nevertheless, you know, the owner's retreat, if you will, and the owner's bathroom is important because that's, you know, uh, where the people that own the house are typically going to reside and spend a lot of their time. Um, so, you know, that's important to, uh, make those nice, right. And make them, uh, updated. And then the other bathroom would be kind of your main guest bath or like a powder bathroom for instance you know and then your secondary bathrooms or you know this house i'm doing right now is uh you know technically has four bathrooms three full baths and uh half bath and my primary focus on on that was master bathroom you know and then the powder bathroom um and the other two bathrooms are just kind of cleaning them up and keeping them as is paint the cabinets a different color and you know i'm keeping countertops i'm keeping the tile i'm keeping the you know plumbing fixtures etc right um master bath wise i was actually able to keep uh the plumbing fixtures the countertops the cabinets the actual tub the shower pan itself uh which was a fiberglass uh type of uh, shower pan uh, but i ripped down all the builder gray tile i'm putting up designer tile doing the floors so i would say that the majority of the time it's going to be tile work and then you know paint for sure and then uh, 
Another thing you can do that's pretty easy is, in this case, we took down the big giant mirror and we're putting up two individual LED mirrors. You know, so that'll dress it up. And I ended up doing the gold mm-hmm. frame LED mirrors, which are pretty cool. Those weren't out a few years ago. And now, you know, manufacturers are getting more creative with that stuff. So I think it's going to look pretty cool. But, you know, we're saving money on keeping the cabinets. We're saving money on keeping the countertops. I'm saving money in plumbing labor because I kept the countertops and the sinks are integrated. Otherwise, you're looking at cost of sinks, cost of countertops, cost of new plumbing fixtures, and then the cost of the plumbing labor to hook up the new sinks and the drains and the and the faucets itself. Um, so that's something you got to look at. Like I was doing the math the other day talking about this particular project. And, you know, if you're changing the faucets on the uh, on the sinks, then you would change them on the bathtub, which is a Roman tub faucet, then you would change them on the shower. And so by the time you look at all the plumbing fixtures and the labor, I mean, the number was like, you know, and then countertops. So countertops, sinks, plumbing fixtures, labor, everything in it from the master bath, you're looking at like $3,500 minimum, right? to do all that and it just wasn't necessary so and i say it's not necessary because i always do a good job of looking at my comps and looking at um the high side of the comps and and just studying them and going what was done in that bathroom what was done in that bathroom and you know are, are they gutting these bathrooms and completely redoing them uh, or are they able to work with what the builder gave them from a you know early 2000s build um, and so it's important just to study that. And when you're making these decisions, you've got to look at that. Yeah. No, I agree on a, a lot of that. And I, you know, thinking about um, our Mapleton flip that we just did, you know, that was all, those are all new bathrooms. We redid everything, but we really had three levels of bathrooms. And we, in the, the master, we did frameless, you know, glass and all new, really nice brushed gold fixtures, LED light. We really went all out. You know, we, we had an extra touch of the quartz lip on the shower step in and it was great. Yeah. Floating natural cabinets. Then the second tier, our, our second bathroom was a full bath. We actually did a framed glass, which was half the price of the frameless, but it looked really great. It was black. It was really crisp. We did this uh, contrasting nice blue subway. It wasn't super expensive subway, but it was, it was nice. And uh, we did the LED mirror in there. And uh, then in the third bathroom, we really went pretty budget. We went super plain subway tile, you know, your 29 cent subway tile at Floor & Decor. Uh, No LED mirror, you know, kind of just standard black uh, fixtures and everything like that. But it looked nice and crisp and clean. And really where we put color in there is we painted the vanity. And uh, it looked really nice. And we considered doing some wallpaper in there. And... And I think that would be a good idea. Go pretty plain everywhere else and do like a wall of wallpaper that that peel and stick that just adds a pop of color in a small area. And it's not going to be terribly expensive to do that. And, you know, that, you know, before we move on to the next one, I would say if you have an existing bathroom, one of the things I think you could do to really save yourself some problems and make it nice and crisp is go ahead and replace the caulking. Scrape out that old, cracked, dingy looking caulking run a new bead of nice white caulking one it's going to look really clean 
And two, it's gonna it's gonna be one less thing that people just assume. If you have a little mold or something there, it looks cracked. They're gonna assume there's some plumbing issues or something's draining there. Like they're gonna start inspecting right. more. And so I would say clean all that up and sort of avoid some of those conversations during the inspection process. And the pictures are gonna look a lot better. And that is not terribly expensive. Steam cleaning the grout, stuff like that. You're gonna you know get away with not spending a ton, and it it would look a lot better. So. Yeah, you there's a couple different couple different things you can do with the grout you can clean it right they do have a steam cleaning thing or you can have like your tile guys clean it with a chemical or you could regrout it that's a little bit more complicated but it can be done and then another thing that uh i've done in the past is actually paint the grout so they sell um uh, a grout paint that is uh, color selecting to matching grout so you can actually select it specific to a grout color you want and i've had my tile guys do it and they, they go in and repaint the grout so i've done this before like in a run house in a kitchen where the grout was just really really stained and there was no cleaning it and we just repainted all the grout you know kept the tile and it totally changed the look yeah, of the kitchen that's a great tip so number two <clears throat> you, you mentioned uh hvac and water treatment, some of the boring stuff. They actually have that number seven is water treatment, eight is water heaters, nine is HVAC. And um, so some of the core things, and I think maybe they're they're going a little bit more towards the, hey, you're staying in this house, where you wanna spend your money. So they're, I don't know their, their whole angle here, but. It's Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they want you to spend your money on the stuff they have available there. So um, yeah, vinyl windows was, was number five. Number two is interesting because uh, we're actually going through this right now. So they they say replace the carpeting, which is is a good idea. I mean, carpeting in general is not terribly expensive to rip out and replace. That being said, is we have a 15 year old dog that has forgotten how to go to the bathroom outside, and it started teaching our brand new puppy the efficiencies of not going oh outside gosh. to go to the bathroom. And so we had two rooms downstairs that are carpet. Everything else is either wood floor or tile. But these carpets quickly were becoming unlivable. So we ripped them out and went to the concrete while we're trying to figure it out. And we're trying to, you know, send the puppy to training and we're like, you know, isolating the older dog. And <clears throat> so we're trying to get our house back. Well, we decided to go with wood floor to kind of match everything else. And so he's tying our wood floor guy uh, is tying everything in. It's looking really, really nice. You know, and we're doing our. Our, our large master, the, the, the downstairs guest, and then closet, master closet and guest closet. It's about five grand, you know, and he's, he's good pricing. It's a uh, red oak and then he's going to stain it. <clears throat> so that's your price there. We could have replaced the carpet, I'm sure, for at least half that. And they have some really nice carpet that feels great. But, you know, for us living, you know, as far as allergies go and my, you know, and I think it is just sort of a, a, a livability, you know, getting out of bed and putting your feet on a carpet. And especially when it's 12 degrees outside, it's actually kind of nice. The The wood floor is a little cold. Uh, but I think from showing a house and people walking through open houses, hearing comments, wood floors, you know, the new high-end vinyl, it just looks so much better. There's a perceived value there. And, you know, most people are not going to be thinking through what it's going to feel like in six months when it's cold. They kind of like the idea of the wood floors. Plus, from a dust and allergy and keeping clean perspective, it's perceived to be a lot easier. However, when you have espressos colored, super dark like we have, every little bitty piece of grass, every piece of dust shows up. 
and it will drive you insane. So uh, we're going to go lighter this next time. It was so funny. Every time I say, yeah, we're going to go lighter stain because this one here just shows all the dirt. And it just sounds like I'm preparing myself to be a complete slob because if <laughs> you have lighter, if you have lighter colored floors, you're like, finally, I can have crap all over it and no one will know about it. So it's sort of this weird logic, but I hate the dark floors because they just don't ever really look clean. Uh, so anyway, we are, we are changing them. Do you typically, yeah. if you're, I, I'm sure a long-term rental, you just switch carpeting out. Is that right? Yeah. You know, so I, um, you know, this is always one of those things that, I mean, talking to other investors and people, you know, there's a lot of people that just, you know, start fresh from the beginning and rip all the carpet out and go LVP, you know, luxury vinyl plank throughout the entire property. And you could do that. And it probably is better investment in the long in the long term of things you know but most of my long-term tenants stay on average about three years so i can imagine you know i i typically build it in and expect hey you know tenants gonna move out in three years i'm probably gonna have to change the carpet now i typically in all my rentals have a hard surface floor throughout um, the main areas. So I don't have carpet in any of the main traffic areas. The carpet's typically only in the bedrooms um, or maybe uh, on the stairs, right? So a couple of mine that are two stories uh, have carpet on the stairs, carpet in the bedrooms. So if I have to change the carpet, that's the only that's the only areas I'm changing it. And it's usually not too bad. It's somewhere between like 1500 bucks to $1,800, somewhere in that range for the quality of carpet and that's pulling it out put new pad new carpet the whole nine yards and demoing the other one out so it's usually not not a horrible investment um the benefit of it is that you know brand new carpet has a good smell to it and so yeah you know and i'm a big fan of like having fresh clean smells you know um in a new in a new property so uh, you yep. know, when you change out the carpet, it immediate, immediately changes the the smell of the of the property, and so that's <clears throat> yeah. sometimes just an easy thing that you can do, and especially if you're like increasing rents and stuff like that. Yeah, we found out last time that Tavis is also a fan of the cheap, full of chemical Sherwin Williams paint that smells from three <laughs> streets down. So you know for a fact when you walk in that house. This this house has been recently repainted. You know, <laughs> never mind all the uh, the California VOC free. You know, <laughs> I hugged a tree yesterday. Paint. Uh, no, we want to spend we want to spend that money on the the paint that people know what you've been doing. So, which totally makes sense when you're trying to sell it to someone. You want to walk in that house and like, yeah, kind of feels like a newly renovated house. And I. I, to I agree with that. I mean, I, I think there is definitely something to it. So well, let's just kind of lightly touch on a few more of these. The the few, you know, they say cabinet upgrades. Cabinet upgrades is a, this is a, uh, this is opening Pandora's box. You know, if you're going to you know, <laughs> upgrade cabinets, then, you know, this is not as simple as like, hey, let's, you know, you're ripping out countertops, which most likely means you're doing a new sink, which probably means you're new, doing new faucets and probably need some plumbing. It might mean that you're redoing your backsplash. And uh, you're also probably having to pick all new hardware. And it's, don't forget appliances. It, now, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, appliances that fit. You know, it looks great, but it, you know, it is a huge project. I will say this: that at the flip over in Richardson, 
we ended up doing new cabinet fronts. So we had nice bases. They were wood that they could, you know, screw new doors into and it wasn't super cheap that it was going to fall apart. So we actually paid for new doors to be to be made. That way they were able to put the new soft close hinges. We were able to put new hardware on there and we didn't have to restructure everything. And, and it actually worked out really, really well. So if you have decent cabinets, as far as the base goes, and you know they're, they're wood, they're nice wood, you could talk to a cabinet guy about replacing the door fronts and get an all new look for a lot less cost. So that that's probably where I would go as opposed to walking into Home Depot and ordering new cabinets. Now on the next one is countertops. You can also, you know, just redo countertops. This is definitely one of those things that I think floats on trends. It seems like every three to five years, there's a certain new countertop color or uh, material that's super popular. Of course, granite for the longest time was, you know, popular brown granite, you know, killed it in the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, then, you know, quartz and different varieties of quartz. And of course, there's marble. Um, so doing new countertops can go a long way to, you know, updating a space. That being said, some of the countertops that are in the pictures and on Instagram, like your waterfall countertops, some of these uh, large three-inch looking countertops that are they're called laminated, where they're they're sort of gluing them to the side, but it makes it look three or four inches thick. You have to have cabinets specifically built for that. And so before you go get your heart set on a lot of those trends, uh, you're probably, if you're just replacing what you have, you're going to have a very similar look um, as far as I understand, Tavis. Is that typically what you think? Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, laminate countertops, you know, which were, for, you know, Formica finish, um, you know, were pretty popular. Uh, and that's that's pretty much gone the wayside. I mean, you can still find that stuff. Um, but for the most part, I mean, hard surface, you know, granite quartz um, has gotten, you know, pretty affordable. So, you know, it's really just a matter of the lead time sometimes because it takes sometimes like a week and a half, two weeks for fabrication uh, to get that stuff done. Um, another thing that you can do, which I've done this before, and it, it, I don't really necessarily recommend it in flips, especially like in a kitchen, but there's a there's several different companies out there that will spray countertops with a what they call a Pauline spray, and it's it's a chemical based you know product that um, will adhere to cultured marble. It'll adhere to uh, old laminate, you know, or formica, and uh, you see this a lot in apartments. So in multifamily, you see a lot of countertops that have been sprayed and might have a texture to them or they might just be a solid color uh, but this is really popular uh, kind of in the multifamily space of turning a unit over and making it look better um, in fact i've kind of considered it, uh, it with this flip i'm doing now depending on how things look when it's all said and done the culture yeah. marble in the master bath is a little yellowed um, so i'm going to see what it looks like once we get it all cleaned up but i may end up having yeah this company coming out and uh, spray everything with a white enamel and uh, yeah. just clean and crisp and clean it up. So uh, I've done that in, in rentals before. Yeah. I actually walked a flip one time that they had done that. And it looked really nice. It used to be more affordable. It's, it's gotten pricey now. Like, like for instance, I, I I've done this on several bathtubs uh, over yep. the years. And especially if you have like a chip in the bathtub or, you know, the bathtub is, is stained or just old or, 
you know, it might even be in an old house where it's, you know, a pink bathtub or a blue bathtub and you want to change the color, you you can you can paint it, you can coat it. And it it does wear really well. Nevertheless, it's uh, you know, they've gotten pricey. Um, you know, it's it it used to be somewhere around like 300 to 350 a tub and now depending on the amount of prep work and stuff they do, sometimes that number can get closer to 700 Dang. bucks. So, it can be pricey. You just have to you just have yeah, to I think I paid two fifty over at Richardson not too long ago. So I, I got a good deal on that. So who knows yeah. how it's holding up? Fingers crossed. So last one is garage doors. Eh, you know I I uh, you know getting a, a decent garage door opener and you know having a guy come over and adjust the garage door and making it right. You know most of the garage doors, a lot of them are alley facing. <laughs> you know trying to you know. I, I don't know that I would go all out on a brand new garage door and all that. Now that, that being said, I, I did end up having some uh, the fighting the one over at Mapleton. And, and I think part of it is maybe one of my guys like manhandled it while it was locked or something, but you know, it kind of bent one of the, you had hell with that garage yeah, door. Over yeah. There. Well, I think the track, you know, <laughs> actually the, the last two, the last two flips you had, I think you had hell with a garage right, door. And I'm wondering, you know, now that I think about it, I had the same garage door repair guy, and I'm never there while he's there. He might just be completely mangling those things, so I have to <laughs> call him back in three weeks. and be like, man, I need you back over here. No, but um, if you have, you know, a good garage door opener and, you know, that you make sure the tracks are, are decent, they can replace those rollers. They can replace a lot of the small parts on garage doors to where you shouldn't have to necessarily replace the whole door. That being said, if... You know, they're pretty, you know, a lot of them are aluminum or really thin metal to where if someone bumps into it, it's going to kind of crinkle like a like a, a soda can. And it's really hard to replace that, you know, make it look nice. So, you, but you could also paint them, you know, you can get away with painting them and making it, you know, match the trim and that sort of thing. You know, we have a cedar garage door that's extremely heavy and you can sand those down, restain them. So you can do a lot of rehab work to, to garages where you may not have to necessarily replace the whole thing. But I definitely, I'm sure there's times when it's, it's just time to replace the garage. Maybe next time I have a flip, you know, so the first day I have my next flip, I'm going to get in the crawl space, go to the attic and go try the garage door out. So I don't have to fight these stupid issues for six months because up <laughs> until now, those have been, those have been the pain in my side for all of my last flips. Well, I'll tell you this, that, that the garage door situation uh, you know, it, you need to fix it if it's broke, but that the rule of thumb is don't fix it or do anything mm -hmm. to it till the end. Be, especially if you're storing trash in the garage, like I do is, you know, it's going to, there's yeah. things are going to happen. And so as long as the garage is opening and closing is my main concern throughout the, you know, throughout the project. Now at the end, I'll get the garage guy in there. We'll tune it up. We'll do what we need to do. We might change the opener, but that's one of the last things I mess yeah. with. Unless it comes off the track or, you know, there's a bigger yeah. issue, but it's just, you're, you're exposing yourself to potential damage, yeah. uh, throughout the project. So, yep. It's just kind of, you know, on, on when you, when you use the garages to store the trash, it's going to yeah. happen. Well, good deal. We'll bring more to these. Uh, this is the Home Depot list of 10 things you can do to uh, make your home a little bit more valuable in 2024. So that wraps it up for today. Uh, I am Ashton Hines. I can be found on Instagram at the Dallas Real Estate Guy. 
Tavis Westbrook is Tavis Westbrook Designs. It's uh, Travis without the R on Instagram. It's uh, he's on Facebook. He does a lot of Facebook lives, doing walk arounds. You can most recently see him doing a, a walk around of his midterm rental that's come available over in uh, Plano. So if you're listening to this anytime soon in this week. And you know someone that needs a midterm rental. He's got one available. He's about to have another one come available. And it's cold. Plumbing is cracking. People need a place to stay for a few months while insurance, insurance helps them out. That would be perfect for you. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Please share this with a friend. Copy the link. Text it to them. Say, check these guys out. Totally worth your time. And we would really, really appreciate that. Like it and subscribe it. Find us on Instagram and make a comment. We would really, really appreciate it. But until next time, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Have a great day.